So this is A Place to Thrive, the podcast where you'll get honest, practical advice on how to create healthier, happier workplaces. And we wanted to introduce ourselves to you a little bit. So, Joe Hall, tell me about you and why you do what you do. What do you want to know? You want to know what I do? Yes, please. I work with organisations to help them create happier workplaces. In essence, to get under the skin of uh, some issues they might be facing and help them come up with simple, practical solutions that are really going to shift the culture of their organisation to make it more engaging, more productive, more fun even. You know, to create places that people really, really want to work in and places where people can thrive, hence the name of the podcast, but also where people can bring their best selves to work because that's really where an organisation in its entirety can really reap the benefits Mm. of its employees. So that's what I do. And why do you do it? Why did you choose to focus on that? That's a very good question. So for me, I've been in internal communications for a number of years in the corporate world. And after taking redundancy, which was a good thing, by the way. Me too. (laughs) This is is one of the things that bonded us together. (laughs) Absolutely. For me, the redundancy gave me an opportunity to really assess what I wanted to do in life. And I've always loved people. I've always loved creating places and teams in particular where people really do thrive. Uh, I get a lot out of seeing people develop and grow and feeling a part of that and leading them to to a better place, to a better life in work. And um, that's really where I knew I wanted to to go, but I wasn't quite Mm. sure. So it's kind of evolved over time, really. I started out wanting to do internal communications as a discipline, but realised there was a whole lot more that I could share with the working world. Sounds good. And have you had experiences of less than healthy or happy workplaces? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who hasn't, right? (laughs) Who hasn't? Yeah, I've had some really horrific experiences, actually, and sadly. Um, And I think, unfortunately, you know, most people in the working Mm. world have had that, you know. For me, it was when I went back after maternity leave, having had my daughter, my first child. I wasn't allowed to work flexibly. Uh, It was frowned upon. Uh, I was expected to work long hours. And um, I worked in a very toxic environment where it made me hugely stressed. And uh, my hair started to fall out. You know, that was one of the ramifications of it. Uh, God knows what impact it had on my daughter, young Mm. daughter, and uh, my husband. But looking back on it it was very toxic and I know what the what the signs are and why that is now I, mm. I understand it much more deeply and then I've worked in places where it's not quite so obviously toxic but it is and I think we've got to be really careful that we don't uh, delude ourselves and think that you know things are okay on the surface when if you pick underneath the skin of an organization you actually find that there are some undesirable behaviors let's say (laughs) that really undermine people's confidence Mm. you know we're going to be sharing loads of stuff in terms of tips and advice and you know go into that much more deeply but yeah I think there's the subtle toxic environments that people can work in which is slowly damaging that you don't actually realize is happening Mm. but again taking a step back from it I now realize it was yeah I think that's such a good point I've definitely worked in those places where you know on the surface it looks like a great happy well-functioning organization until you 
get into the grit of it and, and probably realize... the engage the employee engagement survey showed that there was high levels of engagement yeah you know? yeah exactly so those usual kind of markers of um whether you're doing the right thing in an organization are there but actually when as you say you dig beneath the surface it's not that nice a place to no, work no. and when it's not a nice place to work people aren't going to stay they're not going to be very well they're not going to give you their all and you're not going to have a productive efficient genuinely engaged organization mm. so we talked a lot about me <laughs> turning to another joe <laughs> this is the joe show Tell yeah us about you joe hooper <laughs> i feel like we're a band too many joes <laughs> That is our stage name. Um, so, yeah, I'm Joe Hooper. Thank you for the introduction. And I run my own business, Mad and Sad Club. Really not one to blend into the crowd with a name <laughs> like that. So I worked in communications for 11 years um, in PR. Started in a PR agency, then went in-house, um, moved into kind of marketing, stakeholder relations, done the whole kind of gamut of comms, really. And then a couple of years ago, I started to realise I'd been struggling with my mental health for really a long time, but I just kind of came to realise it then. And I started to learn how to look after myself. Um, and that took a really long time. And um, So can I ask what the trigger was? What, what made you identify... So I had just taken a promotion to a head of corporate comms role and I started to feel like I was absolutely losing control. Like I felt like I was skidding down a ski slope trying to hang on to branches as I went past. Like I literally felt out of control. I felt like I couldn't cope, that I wasn't capable, that I couldn't handle the job. And I said to my boss at the time... I don't think I can cope with this job and she said to me no I don't think that's what it is I don't think you're very well and then I started to realize that the symptoms that I'd been feeling and experiencing were all related so mm. I had really bad digestion problems I had headaches I wasn't sleeping properly I had weird aches and pains I felt sick every time I brushed my teeth in the morning I was waking up in the night constantly for weeks and I realised that these were all signs of anxiety and depression and I went to the doctor and got diagnosed and I that was kind of the start of my getting better but I didn't really get under the skin of how to get better until a year later when I had a it all happened all over again and I had what I call a proper breakdown. I say that with a smile on my face. You it's, can now. <laughs> I can now. The B word might come up a few times in this podcast, brace yourselves. So I took three months off work and started on medication, started seeing a therapist, started changing my lifestyle and the way I lived to try and manage my mental health better. And I came to realise that there were you know lots of organizations have an EAP program in place lots of organizations mm. have healthcare lots of organizations care about their people's well-being but there are so many things that organizations can do that are simple practical don't cost anything that would have a huge impact on people who are struggling with their mental health and I kind of had the seed of an idea for Mad and Sad Club. And then I too took redundancy earlier this year and put the, the plan into action. Queen. We are the redundancy 
crew, Joe's, the Redundos. Oh, that's bad, that's, isn't it? Yeah, it is really That's isn't bad. It? Let's not repeat that. And so, yeah, Mad Inside Club was born. And now I work with companies to help them figure out what they can do about mental health in the workplace. So I run workshops and training. I advise leaders and internal comms teams and HR teams. And I do some speaking and some writing, whatever I can, really, to yeah help organizations tackle mental health in the workplace and I think you'll agree with me that we feel that a lot of people believe that creating happier and healthier workplaces can be overwhelming frustrating like boiling the ocean in essence is a a big deal but I think we both believe well I know we both believe because we've had this conversation (laughs) before that actually there are the simple things can be a real catalyst to larger change and it's by taking one step that you do make a difference And it's looking in your own sphere of influence in order to affect that change. So whether you're a team leader, an HR manager looking to improve the dynamics and and well-being of your own team, there's always something that you have an influence over. So you don't have to think about the organisational culture Mm. or the organisation's well-being in its entirety. You can focus on something that you feel is realistic and achievable and start to practice what we're going to be telling you and sharing with you to to make a difference and that's all you need to think about is that you just need to take one step Mm. that it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be expensive indeed it shouldn't be in I think both of our views yeah definitely and I think I'm such a proponent for that start where you are mentality Mm -hmm. like if I think about when I was in my last job I was heading up a kind of multidisciplinary comms team and I'd come back from um, three months leave with my mad mind which I don't mind admitting to and I started to think about how we could change the culture in our team just in our team and trying to be more open and honest in our Mm. team and more supportive and you know what it really transformed the way our team worked and I'm really proud of that and I know that when it comes to mental health which is my kind of speciality for want of a better word um, <laughs> or for you know want of a better speciality I know that it really can make a difference by starting yes. where you are starting yes. in your team you yes. don't have to change you don't have to approach culture change from the top of the tree exactly and I think from my experience I know that I have a huge influence over the people that I interact with be that at home be that in my friendship group be that at work or my team or whatever and if I can affect change in myself then that has a positive effect on other people Mm. so even if you just start with yourself that's a good thing right definitely um so I feel like we should talk about a little bit more about why we wanted to do this so for me why I wanted to do this sort of thing why I wanted to start a place to thrive with you lovely joe is kind of why I wanted to set up Mad and Sad Club really because I had I've had experiences that not everyone has had I've been to the bottom of the well of depression and I've been on an absolute anxiety high and back down and up and down and up and those experiences I think have given me a lot of insight into what companies can do to tackle mental health in the workplace and as I've said, I think there are so many simple things that companies can do and that you, whatever role you're in in an organisation, can do to really have a positive impact on people who are struggling and don't realise it or who are struggling and do realise it and are really trying or who are coming back from a period where they were really struggling with their mad minds. 
sorry everyone you don't all have mad minds that's just the way i think about it and i wanted to share that knowledge i guess suppose also be preventative as well exactly and i think with mental health especially a lot of the support that's out there is focused on when you get to the point of crisis Mm, so you know mental health first aid is when you have passed the point of no return and you need support and we'll talk more about mental health first aid later on in this um, podcast series in season one but yes there's a lot of things that managers especially and colleagues and HR teams and internal comms teams can do to help support people's mental health Mm -hmm. in the workplace Mm -hmm. and help them avoid getting to crisis point and I've been there several times and I really want to use that experience to help people do something about mental health work and a place to thrive seemed like a good way to do it absolutely yeah and it was born out of a conversation over a coffee wasn't it so that's that's always a good place to be isn't it <laughs> having a good chat with a, a great person so for me I think um, well I know that a place to thrive is something that I strongly believe in because I, I'm almost wanting to to get the word out there that curating great places to work is is not difficult mm. And I know that other countries like Denmark and, you know, the Scandinavian countries in particular have a lot higher levels of happiness in the workplace, in the country even. And for me, I'm on a real mission to spread the word around how to do that and break down the myths around it being difficult and challenging and because it is going to be challenging, but, you know, it doesn't have to be difficult or expensive as we've said already. And for me, having a podcast because it was conversational and because I was going to be learning through the whole process and partnering with you, it gave me the confidence and the inspiration to go, yeah, I can do this mm. and we can get the word out there and we can we can make a difference mm. to the UK and beyond maybe. But it's, it's, a, it's a huge mission. I know I can't do that myself. I've only got so many hours in the day where I can give my time. I can act as a consultant. I can share my blogs and, and content. I've only got so much scope, bandwidth. And a podcast gave me or us the opportunity to spread that word way, way beyond, you know, anything I could dream of to uh, to help as many people as possible. So that's, you know, the reach of a podcast mm. um, is what drew me to, to doing it. And also partnering with you makes it not so scary. And oh, we can have Jill. a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a lot of laughs in this podcast. <laughs> There's also an ongoing bloopers reel, which we're going to share at the end of the podcast. There's probably lots of swearing in it. And lots, lots of, of giggles. swearing, lots of laughing. Yeah, lots of us mucking up the <laughs> tech. <laughs> we're learning as we go along. It's a learning curve. So one other thing that I thought we could talk about is how we want this podcast to come across. Because I think we both felt that we listen to lots of really professional, whizzy, fancy podcasts, and we ain't that. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> so this podcast... You've probably got a gist of what we want it to be like by listening this far, to be honest. Absolutely. We hope that this podcast is basically going to be like you listening to Joe and I having a chat, but having a chat while sharing really practical, simple advice as hopefully you can already tell we are all about practicality useful simple steps that you can take straight away uh, absolutely life's complicated enough isn't oh it? god tell yeah. me about it so yeah hopefully you will enjoy listening into me and joe chatting yeah and we want it to be informal you know like this has been we don't want to be polished we are who we are and we we're embracing that right yeah exactly so we want it to come across as friendly and informal and we hope you get that essence 
Great. So yeah, we hope you will listen in to A Place to Thrive. We'll be having a first season of 10 episodes. Can't believe this. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) We're sat in my spare room recording this. Can tell them that? Well, I think it shows that we're we're chill. We hope you'll tune in to listen to The Rest of A Place to Thrive. There'll be 10 weeks jam-packed full of interesting, hopefully entertaining, useful content for you. So we'd like you to get in touch with us as well. Please don't forget to send in your questions and your challenges around creating healthier and happier workplaces so in the show notes we'll have our contact details and yeah we'd love to have your input we want to answer your questions thank you